It's time to wake up, witches. I'm your host, Kat Adams, and I'm here to remind you that no matter where you're at in life, you're not stuck. Welcome back to the show. As I'm recording this, it's a Saturday and we just got done with false fall here in Memphis, Tennessee. So false fall is like when Mother Nature says, ha ha, I'm kidding. That weather you love, I'm just giving you a little bit of taste of it. It's not here to stay. Now you're going to sweat your balls off again. So not looking forward to that because we had a week of amazing fall weather. You know, I did my Halloween decorating. I have not got my pumpkin spice yet. And again, I know I've said this in a podcast, but if you're a basic bitch, it's okay. I know the cool thing to do is be like, I'm not like other girls. I'm not, uh, I'm not a basic bitch. I don't like pumpkin spice. I like my coffee black. But you know what? If you like pumpkin spice, fuck it. Go get yourself a pumpkin spice. No shame in being basic. So I've not got my pumpkin spice yet, and yeah, I got a little bit of taste of my favorite season, but it was not here to stay. So now it's back to being miserable and it feeling like a wet blanket outside. But I think we're supposed to have better weather here pretty soon. So super excited about that. Got like all my days planned out because that's just me. Like seriously, down to what I am cooking every day what I am doing every day, which days I'm going to Pilates class, which days I'm getting on the spin bike, which days I'm cooking soup. (laughs) Y'all, I, maybe I'm OCD about that. I don't know. It doesn't bother me though. It makes me happy. I love making lists and planning my life out. What I also love, and it's going to be the topic of podcasts, like throughout the end of this year. What I also love is romanticizing my life. And if you don't know what that is, let me tell you a little bit about romanticizing your life. And I'm clicking around in here. If you hear clicks, that's because I'm trying to read off of ChatGPT because, you know, like I love ChatGPT. And I'm not going to apologize for it. As a writer, as an author, I haven't used it in writing yet. I can, I mean, I've used it at work in writing, but like novel writing, I have not. But I can see where, I mean, first of all, it's going to be a game changer. You can use it as a tool. That's how you have to look at it. All right. If you've got hangups on AI, and I know I'm getting off on a tangent. I do that a lot. If you got hangups on AI, freaking try it. It is not what you think it is. You still need you, the creator, to create. All right. So I use it mainly for information and avoiding Google now as well. Like I have found better answers without all the ads on ChatGPT than Google. Like, for instance, like today, one of the topics I'm talking about, I'm like, hey, tell me how I can talk about this topic, but apply it to victims of abuse. And like mind-blowing, so many different ideas. You need to go check it out. It can be helpful in so many freaking ways. 
So back to romanticizing life and how ChatGPT defines that. And I'm using this because it's way more articulate and describing something in words, verbal words, than me. I mean, I can write to you all day, every day about romanticizing life. But when I'm speaking about it, it's like, uh, just making you feel good. (laughs) So here's the definition. It means choosing to focus on the positive, beautiful, and magical moments in your everyday life. Mm -hmm, The magical moments. No matter how mundane they might seem to others, it's about finding joy and meaning in the small things, creating a narrative for your life that is filled with wonder, and treating yourself with kindness and compassion. For example, instead of seeing your daily commute as a chore, you might choose to see it as an opportunity to listen to your favorite music, enjoy the scenery, or have some quiet time to yourself. Instead of seeing your job as a series of tasks to be completed, you might choose to set it as an opportunity to learn, grow, and contribute to the world. And it goes on to say, romanticizing your life is not about ignoring or denying the negative aspects of your life, but rather choosing to focus on the positive and finding ways to make the ordinary feel extraordinary. It's about being mindful, living in the moment, and being kind to yourself. It can also involve being creative, imaginative, and finding beauty in the everyday. And if you get where I'm going, we're talking here about living in the present moment, finding joy and gratitude, and ultimately raising your vibration. Remember, we're talking about that. This is the law of attraction on how to get the fuck up out your toxic relationship. Raising your vibration to attract what you want and... That involves changing your mindset and changing your emotions. And like it said, focusing on like positive stuff, but not ignoring the negative stuff. All right. We're not going to do the toxic positivity here. I am authentic as can be. Sometimes life is some shit. It's just some shit. And you have someone telling you, oh, well, you know, just write in your gratitude journal. You just got to be thankful for this. And you're like, you want to say, fuck you. Fuck off, Karen. I don't feel like it today. And that's okay, because I do that all the time. In fact, I'm guilty of that this week. So when I'm as I'm recording this, we had the big blue moon, super moon, yada, yada, yada. And also, like, <laughs> I know I'm getting super deep into this. There was, like, mercury retrograde is going on right now. I was about to start my period. I just felt, oh, my gosh, so much so much of those discombobulated emotions, right? One day this week. And I ain't going to lie. I kind of took it out on somebody, not anybody close to me. I took it out on a stranger. (laughs) That sounds even worse. (laughs) No, you know what? And I'm not going to apologize for it because, because this needed to be said. There was um, an incident I avoid social media on Facebook. I've been on TikTok lately. If you haven't followed me, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I am trying to be on Instagram more, but I got on Facebook. I don't like Facebook, y'all. It's so full of misinformation and boomers, and I don't like either of them. So so no offense if you're, I mean, I like some boomers, come on. But I don't like the boomer mentality that we see, and I'm in Tennessee, again, surrounded by conservatives. In Tennessee, they had some drama going on uh, this week with our stupid GOP shutting down grieving moms of murdered children in our schools. And 
That also festered into my feelings because I am an Enneagram 4. We're going to talk about Enneagrams one day, but not today. It basically means I feel stuff very deep and I'm a very emotional person. So my emotions were all over the place and I read something on Facebook about children being murdered in our schools, a uniquely American problem. And someone responded with the dumbest, most unempathetic, misaligned, ill-informed, uneducated, backwoods post. And I had seen this post before, or this poster before. All right, we have mutual people. I shouldn't have been on Facebook, y'all. I shouldn't have been on Facebook. But anyways, I've seen his post before, and he posts a lot of pictures of women that he feels like are unattractive. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Just to, like, make fun of them or something. He posts blatantly racist things. He just—he's an incel. He's a total incel. He's a total narcissist. And no one ever calls him out on it. I unleashed the beast, y'all. I unleashed, unleashed. (laughs) I had all these emotions going through me. And you know what? I pretty much gave him a, you know, a mortal combat when they're like, finish him. Fatality. I did it. I did it. And it was a very articulated, savage shot I took. But I did it. Should I have done it? Yeah. You know what? I should. I went back and forth and I was like, man, was I too mean? I wasn't like, I wasn't like something he would post where you make fun of like someone's looks or anything like that. I didn't make fun of him. I just laid the facts down about how he's got some major issues. (laughs) Anyways, for a second, I felt bad about it. But then I was like, you know, no, I'm not going to feel bad about it. Because he dishes this stuff out all the time. No one calls him out on it. And it's okay to be that person to be like, dude, are you okay? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's okay sometimes to be a bitch. To be a bitch and to stand up for what you believe in. Even if it's in a very savage way. I was shocked He never responded. I think I might have killed him. I don't know. But anyways, I'm telling you that story because that day in my week was, I had, I was very, I was not positive, (laughs) y'all. I was not, I was not joyous. I was not grateful. I was, my vibration was like low as shit. I was super bitch. I was super moon, super bitch. And that's okay. That is okay. Because on this journey, you're going to find that in the long run, the majority of your time is going to be spent in this high vibration, joyous moment, yada, yada, yada. Oh, I'm hitting these goals. I'm taking these actions. New me is going to do this. New me is going to do that. But you're going to have days where you're like, I'm done. I'm done with this world. And that's okay because that's real life. You're going to have setbacks and you're going to forget too. 
you're going to forget all these things you've learned. And then one day they're going to come back to you piece by piece. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I used to do that. I like doing that. Let me incorporate it again. And again, I was okay. There is very much an ebb and flow to this journey of whatever journey you're on, but specific to this podcast and with personal experience myself, very much so an ebb and flow to getting out of a toxic relationship, reclaiming your life, getting empowered, staying empowered, and then passing it on to the next woman. And that's what it's all about. And after this week of watching what happened in Tennessee with all those men up there refusing to listen to crying moms who have murdered children, women, you have to start waking up, taking action, and making a difference. And yeah, those women up there who were crying and trying to speak, you know, and holding the signs, they were doing their best, but we got to go further. We have to be the ones making these laws. Not all those old white dinosaurs you see up there who don't give two shits about us. In fact, it's very obvious most of them hate women. So this is just the beginning. Look at me getting all preachy and off topic. Y'all know I do that a lot. All right, back to romanticizing life. I freaking love it. Oh my gosh. You got to get on TikTok, look up romanticizing life. But for the purpose of this podcast today, we're going to talk about how the culture in Japan romanticizes life. I was trying to figure out how to work that. (laughs) Honestly, some of this stuff, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. I just am. I just am. You're going to have to deal with it. You know, that's how I roll. But in Japan, they have some really amazing practices that we don't have over here that we should because, you know, I don't know. We we like to say America is this cultural hot pot or whatever, but down here in the South, now we don't get to see all this other stuff. We have our own stuff that I'm going to talk about one day. Um, Southern comfort, not the alcohol, but definitely the romanticizing your life in the Southern way. But today we're going to talk about it in the Japanese way. So let me explain a couple of things here first. And my favorite I'm going to start out with is called wabi-sabi, which is like the funnest word to say. Let me tell you what wabi-sabi is, and you're going to hear it, and you're going to think if you've read any of my books, which you should, You're going to think, oh my gosh, I know where this is going. Wabi-sabi is a Japanese aesthetic and worldview that finds beauty in imperfection, transience, and the natural cycle of growth and decay. It's closely connected to Zen Buddhism and emphasizes qualities like simplicity, asymmetry, roughness, and weathered appearance. In the context of art, interior design, or even daily life, wabi-sabi might express itself in the appreciation of objects or surroundings that are rustic, unrefined, or showing the marks of time and use. It encourages embracing the imperfect and the fleeting and and celebrates the charm in things that are humble and ordinary. For example, a cracked and weathered piece of pottery can be seen as more beautiful and profound than a flawless, newly manufactured one because it tells a story, carries history, and has character. Are you getting where I'm going? 
It goes on to say, even in daily life, recognizing and appreciating the transient beauty of a wilting flower, the weathered texture of an old wooden door, or the asymmetry of handcrafted items can be considered a practice of wabi-sabi. It is a concept that encourages mindfulness and living in the present moment by appreciating the imperfections that make life rich and unique. It goes hand in hand with romanticizing life, right? I mean, you can romanticize life in many different ways. The Lux way which again, I'm going to talk about later because I have been doing that. Probably should not be living the luxury romantic life as much as I have been. But also just everyday things like this. And if you're getting what I was hinting at in Wabi Sabi, it's totally Kintsugi. If you remember in my book on the rocks, and I've talked about this plenty of times before, the main character, her nickname given to her by her lover, is Kintsugi. She just came out of a, her name's Rox. She just came out of a abusive relationship and she felt broken. And she expressed that through many different ways, but she told her lover that, you know, she feels this way. She couldn't heal. She was still traumatized. She's just broken. And he's like, you're not broken. You're Kintsugi. And of course, Rox, she was a badass. And she's like, what the fuck you just call me? But he explains to her, it is the Japanese art form where you meld a broken like piece of pottery or whatever with gold. Like, she's golden, basically. Like, all of her trauma and scars has just made her more beautiful. And that's what you are. Don't ever think you're broken, you have all these flaws, no one's going to love you, you're ugly, yada, yada, yada. No, you're not. You're Kintsugi. And that's what this wabi-sabi is about. Romanticize your life not by thinking, oh, you know, I've got all these issues. No, you romanticize your life by thinking, I'm beautiful. What I have learned has made me even more beautiful. And I can use that beauty to help others on their journey. It's not finding beauty, you know, like it said in the passage, in something that's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And that's okay. Don't let it get you down. Wabi-sabi that shit. Like, realize that your roughness, your weathered soul, your scars, that's what makes you gorgeous. And I'm going to tell you something that's been happening to me lately. And I thought maybe I shouldn't say this because I don't want it to come off as like bragging. I really don't. I have a personal struggle with taking compliments. I'm working on it. I don't want to be that person who's like, no, someone says, oh, you look good today. No, your eyes are deceiving you. I do that. I'm trying not to anymore because I want to, I shouldn't, you know? It's like, you need to own those compliments. I never used to get compliments when I was married. I'm not talking about from my husband. I'm talking about from strangers. But ever since my divorce, I get them a lot, y'all. Mostly my hair. (laughs) 
Everyone loves the red. Every weekend, if we go out without fail, there is someone who stops me and tells me they love my hair. My hair's gorgeous, yada, yada, yada. My husband now is just like, this is ridiculous. He's at the point where like, oh my gosh. I think it was last weekend, we were going to Target and someone was driving by and they just immediately stopped, hung their head out the window and was like, girl, your hair's fat. And I'm like, I never used to get these compliments. Yesterday, we were going to Home Goods, going Halloween shopping, of course. I've got issues, y'all. Got issues. And I was coming around the back of his truck, and there were two people like right there. I mean, a woman coming toward us. Honestly, did not even see the woman because it just happened so fast. I just saw like the man's head because I'm short, and he was sticking it. It was sticking out above uh, the truck bed. But the woman, as soon as I passed her, she said, "My goodness, you're so pretty." And y'all, I did not feel pretty. I was in a t-shirt. I was in jeans. I just, I wasn't like dressed up or anything. And I'm really awkward when I get compliments like that. I just, I think I get super shy and I just smiled and I said, thank you. And of course my husband's like, oh my gosh, I can't take you anywhere. (laughs) People always comment on you, telling you you're pretty. They love your hair, yada, yada, yada. And I was just like, I never used to get that when I'm married, when I was married to my asshole ex-husband. But I get it now. And nothing's changed about me. I had this hair when I was married. Let me clarify. Nothing in my looks has changed about me. If anything, I've gotten older. I'm getting these compliments because I'm happy and it's showing. And my imperfections and what I went through, I think, make me a more beautiful person. Especially on the inside, but apparently that shit radiates on the outside as well. And it feels good to get those compliments. And I'm just way too much of an introverted person to give people those compliments. I'm working on that too, because it sure does feel good. And I want to be able to pass that along without without being creepy. I don't know. There's a fine line. Like, how do you I, I wish I could have been that woman and like stop someone and say, Oh my goodness, you're so gorgeous. I, I just, is that creepy? I don't, because a little bit, a part of me was like, I don't know. Maybe that's something I need to go to therapy for. Probably. But I'm telling you this because, bitch, you are kintsugi. You are more beautiful because of all the shit you dealt with. If you got, uh, what is it called? Stretch marks. <laughs> if you got stretch marks like me, hey, I got them from having a kid or whatever, that's your battle scars. That's your tiger stripes. Look at it in a different way. It's not your flaws. You're not flawed. From what happened to you, that's your battle scars, and it only makes you more beautiful. So wabi-sabi yourself. Wabi-sabi your everyday life. We've talked before about commuting, how you can use that time to reflect. You can use that time to visualize where you're going, your happy self, right? Signing those divorce papers, getting up out of your toxic relationship, getting rid of your asshole, miserable husband. I know, I, I'm. am I still being ruthless? Probably <laughs> getting rid of that. <laughs> That energy that I had earlier this week when I uh, unleashed the beast on that poor soul. I'm just trying to say, 
if you want to move on in life and you want to grow, you're going to have to start shifting your mindset and thinking like this in this Japanese art form of beauty in the everyday life, romanticizing your life in the magical moments and stirring your coffee. Stir it counterclockwise three times, hex your ex while you're doing it. I don't know. Finding magic in those moments. So that's step one in romanticizing your life with Wabi Sabi. And if you, I don't want these podcasts to go too long and they have been going longer than I'd like. So if you want to expand on Wabi Sabi and look more into it, like get on ChatGPT, ChatGPT, ask it to expand um, on Wabi Sabi. Just Google Wabi Sabi. It's, I'm sure you could go deeper into this, but I think for the purpose of this podcast, all you need to know is to look at imperfections as growth and as beauty, you know, like the whole analogy of the caterpillar turns into goo y'all before it turns into a butterfly and gets its wings. You're goo. You're at your goo stage and that's okay because you're wabi-sabiing that shit and you're about to be a butterfly. So feel that. Don't just think it. You have to feel it because that is what is going to raise your vibration, make you feel good, give you the confidence to grow and reach those goals, whatever that may be. But hopefully if you're listening to this, it's getting away from the person who's bringing you down, husband, partner, whatever. Now let's quickly move on to my second favorite part of these Japanese traditions I've been learning about. And this one, and I'm probably going to butcher it, y'all. I don't know how to pronounce this. It's called um, Shinrin Yoku, I think. (laughs) Uh, We're going to go with that, okay? But let me translate it for you because Shinrin Yoku is not how I'm going to pronounce this. It's actually translated as forest bathing. How cool is that, y'all? Oh my God, why can't we have this in America? All right, let me read the history real quick because I think it's important to know. Um, The history of this forest bathing originated in Japan in the 1980s as part of a broader public health initiative to combat the physical and mental health challenges arising from the country's rapid urbanization and overworked culture. Sounds like here. The Japanese government and medical community recognized the need for preventative health measures and began researching and promoting the benefits of spending time in nature. Dr. Queenly, a Japanese doctor and researcher, is one of the leading figures in the study of Shinrin-yoku and its health benefits. He and other researchers have conducted numerous studies that show spending time in the forest can lead to measurable health improvements such as reduced stress, lower blood pressure, improved mood, increased energy levels, and better sleep. Bitch, you do this shit, you are going to be raising your vibration to get those wings and fly to your next... uh, episode yolo shinrin yoku is a simple practice that involves spending time in a forested area and engaging all five senses here's how you might practice it all right find a forested area choose a natural area with plenty of trees it doesn't have to be a remote wilderness a local park or natural area will work just fine leave behind distractions try to leave behind your phone camera or any other distractions i don't know i'd keep your phone with you just turn it like on do not disturb or something. Cause I don't know if you're wandering the forest or like, you know, 
There could be creepy crawlies in there. There could be boogers. There could be, there could be men, y'all, crazy men. Walk slowly. Wander through the forest at a leisurely pace. There's no destination or goal to reach. Just enjoy the journey. Yes, I love it. Engage your senses. Take time to notice the sights, sounds, smells, and textures around you. Listen to the rustling of the leaves. Feel the bark of a tree. Inhale the scent of the forest. Observe the play of light and shadow. Maybe practice some wabi-sabi and embrace the imperfect you see out there. Breathe deeply. Practice deep breathing to help clear the mind and fully oxygenate the body. Sit and observe. Find a comfortable spot to sit and observe your surroundings. Let your thoughts come and go without judgment. You could use this time to do your visualization or your meditation, y'all. It's like a whole cycle. It's coming in like full circle. And that's what forest bathing is. And the benefits you get from it is reduced stress. Like spending time in nature has been shown to reduce levels of cortisol, the stress hormone, improved mood. It can reduce feelings of anxiety and depression, lower blood pressure, enhanced immune function. Uh, That says exposure to phytonicides, organic compounds released by trees, has been linked to increased activity in natural killer cells, which are essential for immune function. Better sleep and increased focus and creativity. And of course, raising your vibration, making you feel good, making you feel more appreciative of your surroundings and what you do have. Because a lot of times when you're stuck in a toxic situation, it's hard to feel good. Like 99% of the time, it's hard to feel good. And I don't want you feeling like that because I feel like that, have felt like that. And I know what it feels like. And you don't have to feel that way, which is the whole reason I put my heart and soul into this freaking podcast and my books so I can help you understand you're not stuck. You're not stuck feeling like that. You don't have to feel like shit. You don't have to feel like, well, this is my life. I've got to accept it. I can't do anything about it. You can absolutely take action and it's not going to happen overnight. It is a journey. It's not going to happen when you just say, oh, I think tomorrow I'm going to go sign my divorce papers. You can't do that. But if you're in a toxic relationship, you got to unravel a whole bunch of shit before you're ready for that stage. And that's what we're talking about here. Like getting what you want through going through this muddy process that doesn't have to be absolutely terrible because abuse is terrible. Living in abuse is terrible. Going through a divorce is terrible. Pick your terrible. They both have different outcomes. You want to get out? You want to stay in? You got to make some tough choices, man. Maine, as they say in Memphis, you got to make some tough choices. And this is part of actually giving yourself some comfort while you're making those tough choices. Because again, we're not going to be toxic, positive now. It's shitty. You're in a shitty situation. You have to go through a just as shitty situation to get to a better situation. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's awful, y'all. Awful. Oh my gosh. My divorce days, I think my brain has blocked a lot of it out to protect me. Seriously. But... I'm giving you these tools to make it easier for you because this is what I have learned. So romanticize your life even if you don't freaking feel like it. Romanticize your life by slowing down, by wabi-sabi practicing the acceptance of yourself and your imperfections 
and the stuff around you. You're in an imperfect situation. You're in a shitty situation and that's okay because that's life and that's just where you're at right now. You're not even going to apologize for it because you have not chosen what's happened to you, but you can choose what choose what you're going to do about it. You can choose how you're going to fix it. So I'm bringing you a little bit of comfort here with these tactics and also raising your vibration because if you practice in the law of attraction, it's crazy how it works, y'all. It's going to work for you. Trust the process. Follow these steps. Take your forest bath, okay? Do these things and you are going to feel such a change in you. Even if there's not any changes on the outside right now, you're going to be changing on the inside because this is going to shift your whole freaking mindset. And you're listening to this in September when it is a perfect time to go forest bathing, to go walk and watch the leaves fall and feel the sunshine on your face. And hopefully you have amazing weather. Right now we don't, (laughs) but I would make this a practice that you do often, maybe even once a week. If you can do it once a day, go forest bathing. I love that term. I don't know why we don't do that in America, but we should. And I am going to, actually, I take walks usually every day, but I'm going to go off the beaten path and I'm going to try to do a little bit of forest bathing too, because I think this will help me as well when I get stressed and have uh, dark doo-doo days. And last but not least, I'm going to go over this real quick. It's a Japanese concept called, I'm going to butcher it again, Ikigai, I-K-I-G-A-I. It translates to a reason for being or a reason to wake up in the morning. It's often depicted at the intersections of four elements. The first is what you love, things that bring you joy and fulfillment what you're good at, your skill and talents, what the world needs, what you can offer or contribute to others or the community, and what you can be paid for. What can you earn a living from? Finding your ikigai or whatever. Okay, I'm just not going to even try to pronounce it. Finding this involves a deep and often lengthy search of self that can lead to a life that is both fulfilling and meaningful. It doesn't have to be something grandiose. It could be as simple as caring for your family, making art, gardening, or anything that gives your life a sense of purpose and fulfillment. It's also important to note that you're not going to find this overnight. It's okay for it to evolve over time. It's a journey of self-discovery and reflection that involves understanding your own values, passions, talents, and the needs of the world around you. And I came to this while I was going through my journey. And this is why I'm here, because this is my I wish I knew how to say that. I should have looked it up before I did this podcast, y'all, but it's early in the morning. I got shit to do today and I ain't gonna. So if you want to look that up, it's I-K-I-G-A-I. And you're going to feel so good when you find it. And again, it's going to take a while and you'll probably find it while you're on your journey to get where you're going. And it is where you're going. That is like the concept, your mission in life, what you're here for. And mine is to make women divorce their husbands. I'm kidding, kind of, not really. It is to empower you to make the decision to take control of your life and stop being a victim of abuse and instead be a survivor and use your wabi-sabi 
to spread that knowledge and beauty to the rest of the women who need it. So three exciting concepts from the amazing, beautiful Japanese culture that you need to embrace today to raise your vibration and romanticize your life. Lots more to come. I have some Swedish concepts. I have, again, the Southern Comfort, the Lux stuff I talked about earlier. Super fun stuff. But if you're trying this, definitely let me know how it goes, especially your forced bathing outings. Like, oh my gosh, I just love that so much. Uh, Tell me how you're doing in your law of attraction journey. Or if you're not doing this law of attraction stuff, which I don't know why you wouldn't when you get to lose. Tell me how you're doing in your journey to make a change in yourself so you can make a change with your situation. I want to know. I want to know all the things. You can find me mostly on uh, DM me in my Instagram DMs or TikTok or just send me an email at catcatadams.com. I hope to hear from you. I really do. It brings me so much joy and it's raising my vibration when I hear from you, especially when I hear that I've been able to help you in some way. So please do reach out. And I know I'm about to go into my outro that already says this, but I'm just going to say it here live. Leave me a rating and review if you love this episode, if you love this podcast, because that bumps my podcast up to show the women who need to hear this-ish. So I super appreciate that. Talk about raising vibrations. I love to see y'all loving this. So do leave a rating, read, leave a review, leave some comments, share it. Oh my gosh, share it with someone who needs it. That's the whole point. It's the ripple effect talked heavily in, about in my book that is coming out y'all soon. Arcs are going out this week. I'm a little bit nervous, but... You can pre-order that book as well. All the links are in the show notes as well as links if you need to get help on remaining safe, staying safe, finding a safe situation. Uh, Stay safe, y'all. Use those resources and you're truly not stuck. You are Kintsugi. Thank you so much for listening. If you love the show, please leave a rating, a review. And if you know anyone who also might love the show or who could benefit from this information, please be sure to share it and subscribe. The more we get this out to people, the more people we can help. And I truly believe there's so many women who need to hear these words because so many women are feeling stuck. Also, if you're looking for me, you can usually find me on the gram at author Kat Adams and be sure to head over to my website and that's Kat Adams, Adams with a double D's.com. Subscribe to my newsletter for the latest information Also, when you subscribe, you're going to get a free novella. And just be forewarned, my raunchy rom-com is as dirty as my mouth. So if that's your thing, go for it. It's super hilarious. But thank you again for tuning in. Until next time, please stay safe and I'll see you on the other side. 